Online. I'm Meg. I'm here with Eli. Hey, Eli. Hello, Meg. How's it going? Uh, it's just fantastic. How are you? <laughs> love. I wow, love your fantastic. Your, wow. I love your nails. Thank you. They're uh, painted in a very creative fashion. Well, it's actually not creative because I stole the design directly from one of the Real Housewives of New York. And you don't think she's creative? Well, I think she's creative, but I don't think I'm creative because I just saw it and liked it. It's you are as creative as the person you steal from. That's what I think. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> that's um um a queen would like a word about that. No, David Bowie. Who who did uh Ice Ice Baby? Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Who was it? Da, 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 da. It was and then pressure, the, yeah. right? Under pressure. So it was David yeah. Bowie and Queen. Yeah. That he ripped off. But he said, mine's different. Yeah. Because mine goes. I've seen him give that explanation. I think it was like VH1. I love the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. What a show. Speaking of The Real Housewives, one of my friends texted me today and said, did you watch The Real Housewives? And I said, no, because I don't watch it. And he said, well, Lisa is very upset because one of her sons is going on a mission and he did not tell her. Uh Is that what's going on? What is going on? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if you listen to mine and Emily's episode, it's kind of like the upside down because usually it's like a kid reveals they're not going on a mission <laughs> and that's what makes the parents upset. In like Utah, the prominent yeah. culture, that's the thing in this. It's like he didn't tell them he was going on a mission and they're upset. I was like, oh, it's Bravo's version of Utah. That's um, But so it's, funny. she's not like upset. She's yeah. like, why didn't he trust me enough to tell me? Which yeah. I think is pretty valid. Oh, totally. Um, oh my totally. gosh. The premiere is so fun. Is it worth me watching it, even though I not watched the show? Yeah, because they bring back Mary, who is just a chaos agent. Mm-hmm. And Monica, a newcomer, who is also a chaos agent and was a witness in Jen's trial, which <gasps> is messy messy okay so i'm feeling really good about this season okay um you can listen to that recap on this podcast okay from a few days ago i'm I'm going to that wasn't a you i I will the listener can but i will okay i'm committing what uh what have you been watching (laughs) okay i want to talk about something i have hesitated for months to talk about this and i actually do want to talk about it okay (laughs) It's about my relationship with you, Meg. No, just kidding. Um, So earlier this year, a podcast was released called The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. I am. Yeah, I don't. Why are you talking about? I know I'm going to get into it for a second. I'm on my I'm listening to it now for kind of the third time. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. And if you've not heard of this, let me just kind of give some context around this. But there was a podcast that was dropped. It's like eight episodes. Um called the witch trials of jk rowling and when it when it was dropped uh what i was told by people on the internet was this is a really like bad podcast about that is trying to like defend jk rowling and a lot of like the anti-trans things that she said yeah and when i heard that i was like oh that's too bad like why did they make this you know and i was like i'm never gonna listen to that then weeks later i had multiple friends who are thoughtful and whom I trust, um, including one trans uh, activist friend who told me like that they had listened to this and they were like, I think you should listen to the podcast. It's it's really interesting. And so I was like, OK, well, now I'm intrigued. 
Yeah. So I listened to this thing. And what the podcast is, is there's this woman who you might be familiar with who uh, grew up in the Westboro Baptist Church. Um, she That's a, a cultish, like extreme right, like picket funerals kind of church, a bad reputation in our country. She grew up in that church. She was in it. And she eventually got deprogrammed from it and has become a really thoughtful and outspoken person about um, how we change hearts and minds. And her whole kind of philosophy is people would yell at her when she was in the Westboro Baptist Church and it would just like further entrench her in her views. But then finally, some people like went and like started talking to her thoughtfully and like, like, well, why do you believe that God hates gays, for example? And they would have these conversations with her. And eventually she started thinking like, wait, am I wrong? Yeah. And it took people being thoughtful with her for her to even like uh, be willing to like think about like, wait, I might be wrong. And so she's created this podcast, The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling, where she interviews J.K. Rowling uh, and kind of gets J.K. Rowling's like explanation about like, this is what I believe, this is why I think these things about like trans people and whatever. She interviews trans activists who talk about very thoughtfully and powerfully about like, this is why what JK Rowling is saying is hurtful. And they have like this really interesting back and forth. Um, but on kind of a broader level, I think the thesis of the podcast is the internet has brought out in a lot of ways, kind of the worst aspects of human nature that has like polarized us and has made us demonize anybody who disagrees with us. And it shuts down conversation to all of our detriment. Yeah. And this podcast, I listened to it and you know, Meg, because I cannot stop talking about it for months and months and months. And you're probably about to kill me. No. Um, has like changed my life because it has, it has made me realize that like, oh, I engage in a lot of like argument with people that is so unproductive because I'm villainizing people, I'm name calling, I'm, you know, painting people with broad brush yep. strokes instead of just kind of pausing and saying like, okay, well, why do you believe that way? Why don't we talk about that? Let's see if we can, you know, figure out a way to persuade you to have a different view. And in this podcast, for example, like I came out of it and I, I like still disagree with JK Rowling's views on trans people, but like I now understand what they are and how she arrived at those views. And it has helped me be like, oh, well, now when people have those views, I'm like way more equipped to have a conversation with them that's like productive to be like, well, have you thought of it this way? And I've seen it already like impact my life in positive ways. And so I just want to say like this, this podcast has a lot of like people very mad that it exists. You might be mad at me for listening to it and talking about it and promoting it. But I think I think everybody should listen to it. I think it it is has a lot of really important things to say about how we communicate with each other and engage in advocacy. Yeah, I I also listen to it. I think the title's bad. Mm -hmm. I think the title's turning off a lot of people. I don't fully trust the organization it's coming out of. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, every organization has one bias or another. I am glad I listened to it. I also don't feel any more sympathetic to JK. Um, but... It was very interesting, and I agree that we need to be engaging in conversation better, and the internet is the absolute worst place to do it, mm -hmm. in my opinion. It's just never productive online. Yeah. It's, like, rarely, if ever, productive mm -hmm. online. So, And I think that was illustrative of that. Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah, so it's it's really impacted me. So um, if I had teenagers, I think I would have my teenagers listen to it as well. 
because I, I just think it's kind of a master class and kind of walking through like this is how we end up in polarized, unhelpful, toxic places. And this is kind of how we can try to avoid that, not just on this this topic, but like any topic, any topic that is yeah. like controversial or that we debate about. Um, and in this day and age and our political culture right now, now more than ever, <laughs> we need this kind of messaging. So what else have you been watching? OK, Meg, I finally watched the entire Pride and Prejudice miniseries <gasps> with Colin Firth. And? I loved it. Are yeah, you kidding me? Right? I loved it. All right. Here's my hot take. Because people, like, I love the movie, the Keira Knightley movie. And whenever I'm like, oh, I love that movie, somebody will jump down my throat and be like, no, the movie is trash because it's the series is... Listen, they're both they're great. They're both good, yeah. Like, I will watch both of them over and over and over again. I do think the, the miniseries, like, the ending is kind of flat like it feels like a really anticlimactic like you have like all of this like really great content and then at the end they're just like well we're together now and then it's like roll credits oh i disagree really tell I me i cry every time really yes yes interesting the wedding the double wedding it's just like so lovely yeah. and so of the time like that's exactly how it would look for them to get married in mm -hmm. whatever year it was in regency england Interesting. Well, I, I love the casting in it. Um, the pacing is great because it just it just breathes. Um, That's the thing. We started the new one and I was like, they're cutting dialogue. Like I was because I know the old the miniseries so well. Mm -hmm. It bothers me when they cut out like entire paragraphs of what char characters yeah. are supposed to say. Yeah. But I understand it was a movie, a not movie. a series. Yeah. So they did what they had to do. And they I, I could see like, oh, in the movie, they consolidated like all of these scenes and had them all just take place here. Yeah. Which I was like, it's a movie. Like, that's what you do. And, yeah. And it actually made me realize, like, I actually think the screenwriters of the movie were pretty, did a pretty good job. Oh, for sure. Um, of capturing the feeling and, like, consolidating story. Because, like, there was no part of the miniseries where I was like, what? That happened? I was like, well, I know that happened. I just didn't realize that all those things were separate. Yeah. They did a really nice job in the um, I will say, and I have not read the book, so I don't know what's truer to the book. But I like the portrayal of Jane a lot better in the movie than in the miniseries. Oh. She was a, a bit of a dud for me in the miniseries. Interesting. So I don't know if that's a hot take or not. I actually, I haven't watched the movie version in a while. Mm -hmm. um, I love her in the series. But again, I think that that's just like, she, that series is my Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I am a Pride and prejudice -y. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Um, what have you been watching? Um, what we do in the shadows concluded. So we watched the last two episodes, which are so funny. It is dark. Like if you're upset by like blood or um violence, I don't think it's the show for you because it's played to comedic effect. Interesting. Um, and sometimes even I am like, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm not usually that upset by violence, but there are moments in it where I get a little squeamish. Um, but it is really funny. Uh, we started Only Murders in the Building, season three. Okay. So far, I'm liking it a lot better than season two. Okay. Um, they brought in Meryl Streep and Paul Ooh, Rudd. And Paul Meryl? Rudd's doing a really good job. Okay. Did you read that Martin Short profile no. in Slate today? No. About why Martin Short isn't funny? I'm ready to throw hands. I saw I saw you, that's where that came from because you quoted about uh Father of the Bride. Yeah. Can I read you the quote? Because I have yeah, some things upsetting. to say. I have some things to say. Okay. 
they say what's wrong with slate what are why are they doing this people have deadlines they've got to make content um his one franchise hit the father of the bride series features shorts most unfunny character of all Franck. The wedding planner, whose ambiguous gender, sexuality, and nationality are all played for laughs. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The point, the joke is that he has no nationality. Yes. He's from a made-up country. Right. He's not offending any one nationality because it doesn't exist. Right. Never once do they mention his sexuality. Like, I think that this is homophobic to say that. Yeah. To say that his sexuality is played for laughs. Because yeah. it's never once discussed. It's his flamboyance is played for laughs. Yes. And if we can't, like, laugh at, some, like, levels of flamboyance or masculinity or femininity. Like, it, this is just, like, these are character traits that, like, make somebody human and make them amusing. And, like, that's okay. That's okay, right? Ambiguous gender? What does that even mean? And what I, does that mean? I don't feel like Frank is the butt of a joke in, in the movies. I feel like he's just, like, this is an amusing person who's, like, very aware of their space and controls and commands rooms. And, like, that character is very fun. And it's, like, funny in juxtaposition who, to Steve Martin, yeah. who, like, has it's never just... dealt with a person like this Exactly. Before. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> Is not okay with this person having more control than he does. Like, mm-hmm. that's the joke. Also, Frank is like the hero of the story. <laughs> I'm so mad. Like, George George is almost the villain in some ways. Yes. I mean, I know he's the protagonist, but he is like the villain who, like, becomes the good guy by, like, finally overcoming all this. And Frank is like the guy who's, like, there fixing things. <laughs> yes, especially in part two, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Drives him delivers to the, hospital. the babies. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, Father of the Bride is a member of our family. Yes, I- and you have come for me in a way <laughs> I was not prepared for you to come for me, and I'm going to fight back. Yeah. Uh, Vanderpump Rules Season 6. Okay, so working back. <laughs> yeah, and 30 Rock. And, okay. and then we watched Past Lives, which is finally available for streaming. Right. Your thoughts? Well, wow. I. Uh, Okay, this is a movie. It's it's not a super complicated story. Uh, it's not actually not dialogue heavy. There's a lot of quiet. It's a lot of Korean. Yeah, there's a lot of Korean. You're doing a lot of reading. Um, there's a lot of long, quiet moments in mm-hmm. this movie. Like surprisingly long, quiet moments. But I wouldn't call it slow. Would you call it slow? I was I was gonna say. Um, I mean, slow has like a really bad connotation. Like we call movies slow in a way to say like it's boring and I was not bored watching this. I do think the pace of the movie is is slower. Yeah. Right? I would call it a quiet movie. Quiet. It's a very quiet movie. Um, I was captivated by it. Uh, and it this is a movie that will leave you with a feeling. Yeah. And it definitely has left me with some feelings. What, what did you think? I was surprised by this movie um, because I, the previews led me to believe that it was a woman who was going to make a choice mm-hmm. between the man she married and a love from her past. And that's not actually what this movie is. Um, to, uh, I, if, you're, if you haven't watched it and you plan to watch it, maybe revisit this episode once you do. But the movie is more about a woman, rec- an immigrant woman recognizing that she is a different person than she used to be Mm -hmm. um, and what that means and how relationships in your life are sometimes best for the person you were and not for the person you are. 
now. And I thought that was a very profound way to tell that story through a lens of romance. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought it was very effective. I thought, you know, I thought that the husband was going to be upset with the right. new guy and he's uncomfortable, but he's not upset. And there's mm -hmm. like a level of trust there. It, yeah. It was very lovely. It like really was. I was expecting maybe a little, um, caustic energy from it and there's no caustic energy it's more mm -hmm. just like this is life mm -hmm. like and this is what it means to be in a marriage um and this is what it means to reconcile with your past in uh and i think that's even exaggerated when you're an immigrant yeah and so i think that she was the perfect person to tell this story oh, totally so this is a, a young woman who grows up uh, until she's 12 12 or 13 in korea mm -hmm, in 12. south korea and she has like her first love, you know, this boy in Korea. And then she moves to Toronto with her family and ends up growing up, kind of staying in touch with him here and there. And then they find they eventually lose touch. She meets another man. She gets married. And then like 10 years later, the, the Korean man comes to visit them in New York because he's like longing for her. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with you. It looked the movie even at certain points looked like, oh, this is going to be like the husband's going to get jealous and upset and they're going to fight and she's going to realize that like actually I picked the wrong life or whatever but it it never goes there you just you see him the husband like paying attention and, and just like openly asking her about like well, how what why is he here yeah okay like how are you feeling about this and, are you attracted and, to him are, yeah he says are you attracted to him and and it's she's refreshingly like not shady with him yeah and she like he says are you attracted to him and she kind of pauses and she thinks about it and she's like i think she says i don't think so yeah um and it, it's refreshing in a way that like i feel like that's how the conversation would go in my marriage yeah it, which is like pat on our backs like i think like a representative of like a, a stable relationship right like a secure relationship where like I wouldn't be afraid to ask Skylar a question like that. And I wouldn't be afraid to answer a question like that, honestly. And I really love, cause I don't feel like we see that a lot in no. film. Yeah. And they're just kind of talking and he's, and like you said, you can tell like at various points, he's like a little bit uncomfortable, but he's like, I'm not, I'm I not going to tell anybody what to do here. Yeah. But like, I also am allowed to have like some feeling about yeah. this. And he, he hangs out with them and they're speaking Korean. Cause the guy does barely speaks English. And the husband is like, you can tell, like feeling really left out and like maybe a little bit insecure about that. Yeah. But ultimately, like he's just the husband's just there to be like, hey, do what you need to do here and get what you need to get out of this experience of him visiting. And like, I'm here to support you in that. And it was so lovely. Yeah. I for me, the best scene in the movie is the scene where they're lying in bed and he tells her that she dreams in Korean mm -hmm. and he feels like there's this part of her that he can never access. Mm -hmm. um and he he asked her questions that i think a lot of us ask in our relationships you know like we met at this place at this time what if you had met someone else in that place at that time mm -hmm. would you be there with him right now and i remember an english class at byu where the professor said it broke my heart that when i learned that the number one reason most people get married is proximity to mm -hmm. each other and like at the time I was like, oh yeah, that is kind of unromantic, but is it mm. like, is it like, is there just the one person in the world you're meant to be with? Or is marriage like you find somebody that you get along with and you're in love and you get married? Like mm -hmm. 
there's I think sometimes we think of life as like there's two paths, you know, and yeah. you could take the one path or another path when really there's like 50,000 paths you yeah. could take, you know, and there, you're never going to take the other path because that's not the path you took. Like yeah. you took the path you took. And this movie is very much like she's on the path she took and she's great with that path. It's these other guys who are kind of like, are you on the right path? Yeah. You know, and yeah. she's like, yes, I'm on the right path. That doesn't mean it's not hard for me to think about the life I had before. I, I have to tell you, like, the idea of fate yeah. is one of the most unromantic ideas for me. Yeah. It's so, and I've never understood why people are like, oh, fate, it's fate, it's rom it's romantic. And it's like, well, no, that that just sounds like something you were forced into into something. Like, it, the an idea that is way more romantic to me is like putting in the work to like build a relationship with somebody and fall in love with them and like make it a stable and healthy relationship. That is romance. Yeah. Like it's the, I'm like staying up all night, nursing you back to health because you are so sick and I chose to be with you and be the person who nurses you back to health. That is so much more romantic than we happen to pass each other, you know, on the street and we never would have, you know, yeah. seen each other. It, it, you know, that that's how I feel about it. On the other hand, this idea of like different lives that like we're constantly making decisions that like change the course of our lives. And what if I had made that decision? It does stress me out. Sure. And it stresses everyone. It's out. like that existential, like scary feeling. And I, I mean, I met Skylar because he was on a one hour layover in the Salt Lake airport and he happened to open Tinder while he was there. And I happened to open Tinder and we matched. And then now we're married. And like, sometimes I think about it and I'm like, there are like a million things that had to happen for us to meet. Yeah. And like, if one of those didn't happen, I just never would have met him. And like, that stresses me out. Yeah. But then I'm like, but, but why? Like to what end? Like the reality is that we're together and like, that's, that's the situation. And like, why stress about what past lives could have been? Yeah. I remember going to a, bra a baby shower. And when I was at this baby shower, I ran into a girl who dated a guy in college that I also like kind of dated, not really, but had like this huge crush on mm -hmm. and seeing her like really kind of threw me. And I remember Steven picked me up from this baby shower and I was kind of like in this weird space and he, he was like, what's going on? I was like, well, I saw this girl and she dated this guy I carried a torch for, for a long time. And it was not a weird conversation to have with Steven. It was more like that was a part of my past that I just unexpectedly revisited yeah. that I wasn't prepared to. Yeah. And it really took me to like a time and a place and a feeling I didn't necessarily want to revisit. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad I'm here with you now. Mm -hmm. And I got a lot of that from this. Yes. Like a lot of like I kind of am re I'm kind of thinking about what my life could have been. But ultimately... I'm glad that I'm here with you right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that the ending is really profound. When she walks into the Uber and they hug and she go and you're like, wow, you know, great. And then she goes back to Arthur, her husband, and she just starts sobbing. Yeah. I think you could read that as like, I made the wrong choice, but I think it's really like the 12 year old who is in Korea no longer exists. Mm -hmm. Like I am a different person. And I think we're all different persons. A different person like week to week you know and yeah. sometimes that can be like hard and weird to be mm -hmm. like am i a betrayal to myself am i who even am i and it, it's just it can be really re weird to like 
be thrust into the past all of a sudden. Mm. I'm just like, um, I'm just uh, spitballing this because I, I haven't formed this thought fully, but uh, I had lunch with a law school classmate of mine um, just like last week. Yeah. We got together for lunch. I hadn't seen her in a long time. And we had this, you know, really great time catching up. And it's been 12 years since we graduated law school. And when we got up to leave, you know, she gave me a big hug and she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're doing well. And, you know, whatever. And she said, I don't know, quite know how to say this because I don't mean this in a bad way. But I, I, I feel like a little bit of a sadness. And she's like, I remember um, you in law school, you had like so much like energy and you were just like so doughy eyed to the world and like so optimistic and whatever. And, and she's like, and now you've had like life experience that I can tell has made you like more mature and wiser and, and a little bit like grittier in some ways. And I, I'm like, I'm really impressed by that, but I really like, I'm really sad for the, the loss of like our youth. And she wasn't talking about me specifically, but she was just kind of like, well, we were young and like so optimistic then and now that's gone. And I left that feeling like really unsettled and I keep thinking about it. Yeah. And I guess this movie is kind of touching on that concept that it's just like, yeah, you like lose that youthful version of yourself. And I keep thinking about like, yeah, like younger versions of myself. And like, I don't want to go back to those versions. I'm a lot happier now and more yeah. fulfilled. But like there are aspects of like, that youth and that optimism and like the opportunity that you think you have ahead of you that like those are gone. And like, I've made choices and I'm, I stand by them and I'm happy for them, but like, yeah, I'm never going to get that back. No. And I, I wonder if that's partly what they're commenting on here is, is her remembering her 12 year old self and that, you know, herself in Korea and just like, Oh, that's like, he, the, the, the guy in Korea, he has that version of myself in Korea and that's it. And I don't have that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's part of it. Um, my, I, was, I got a haircut today and I was talking to a group of friends, like what haircut should I get? You know, what, what should I do? And my friend sent a photo of me from like 10 years ago with a haircut. And I, <laughs> I was kind of like being punched in the face, you know, like I was so young. Yeah. And like, I'm like, oh man, like it's been a decade, you know, yeah. and like, I'm so different now than I was then, but I wouldn't go back mm -hmm. and I wouldn't change anything mm -hmm. between then and now, you know, but it, I, I totally understand that feeling of like, I'm kind of tired, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm kind of ready to not dream anymore <laughs> <laughs> and just be happy, you mm -hmm. know, I don't know if that's even possible. Yeah. Uh, performances in this really great mm -hmm. Greta Lee um, Tayo who is very handsome very handsome I think he's on a lot of K-dramas mm. um, and then John Magaro who is like a guy from everything yeah. but I can't tell you where I, he's from I know him from Orange is the New Black okay he plays the the out of prison boyfriend of one of the main people in prison okay and he was also he did a cameo in, in the good wife and i like recognize him from that that's right yeah, yeah 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 um really great performances really well written celine song is the writer and director of this i'm excited to see what she does next mm -hmm. this feels oscary oh yeah and is it family friendly i didn't notice anything in it that my was... mom really liked it um i don't remember so anything. safe for parents like yeah it, it is 
it's small and quiet and there's a lot of subtitles so i'm not sure i would like show it to your my kids, kids yeah. you know just for that reason but like i think a teen would be okay like, content wise nothing terrifying yeah um someone <laughs> tell me how you feel about this someone requested that we do the pride and prejudice from like the 2000s from byu Meg, I've been wanting to watch it again. Let's do it. Uh, I have a bad feeling about it, but let's do it. Because somebody like somebody was talking about like that era of BYU of like church films that were not made by the church or whatever. Yeah. And we were all making fun of them in in this group. And then somebody was like, but then the Pride and Prejudice and everyone in the group, myself included, were like, well, that one's good. Yeah. And Skylar was like, you guys are joking, right? And we were like, no, Skylar, it's legitimately good. And so Skylar's like, I kind of want to see this. Okay. And when he said that, I was like, oh, no, this is oh, going to no. be one of those things yeah. where I go back and I'm like, no, this is you not like, good. It's not going to be good. You know that. You know it's not going to be good. I think it's going to be nostalgic to watch okay. again. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about that next time. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.